Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Patrick Rice. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zim's Corner. Uh, sorry we've been a little absent these last few weeks. Obviously not absent on the Twitter game, but a little absent with the actual recording of a webinar. Uh, but then again, let's be honest of the Nats. Um, as usual, we'll be going through all things Nats today. We'll be going up through some quick thoughts from the from the last few weeks. Uh, we'll go with three up. We'll go with three down, although it could be a lot more than just three down. Uh, and we'll start looking ahead uh, to the remainder of the season. We're about halfway through. And uh, the trade deadline was uh, this afternoon, so I'm recording late at night, so this will be tomorrow. Uh, but figured we, we'd kind of get into that, and, and I think we should start with with the trade deadline, because I know all of you guys are out there being your best Twitter GM, so I figured I'd be a Twitter GM as well and talk a little bit about it. So to recap, the Padres traded everybody. Um, the Mariners made a bunch of trades as well, per usual. Uh, and the Nats decided to stand pat. Uh, I know a lot of you really wanted them to sell. Some of you wanted them to buy, but majority, it seems like, uh, wanted the team to sell. But instead, Rizzo uh, decided to stay pat. No moves done. Very rare for the for the Nats, usually buyers this time. From what we understand, uh, he was poking around around Robbie Ray, a couple others, but ultimately decided didn't want to part with any prospects for anyone. And look, I know there's a huge, at least on Twitter, because the Nats are winning and this is what happens. But I know on Twitter there's a lot of people calling for Rizzo's head right now, which I think is bizarre, considering we've never had a losing season with him at GM. That'll probably change this year, but we also just won a World Series. Um, look, there are some of you who, who are saying, well, we won the World Series last year, so who cares about this year? I'm a little bit in that camp. Uh, there's some of you who say, you know, Rizzo's got to go. Let's play for the future. And there's some of you just saying, you know, let's get Rizzo done uh, from there. I think the Nats decided to stay pat for something that hasn't really been d- discussed, at least from what I can tell online what, much, is the fact that Rizzo still doesn't have a contract. And look, that part has been discussed widely, right? Uh, but I think it actually has more to do with the learners than anything. You know, Rizzo's sitting here. The, the Nats are currently two games above the Pittsburgh Pirates, the worst record in the National League. Things are not going well. But at the same time, Rizzo and Davey have no idea if they're going to have jobs next year. So they buy now and go for it when, you know, realistically we're not going to be able to do anything. Or do you sell and just hope that, you know, the team is a little better, but you're not going to be able to be there to see what happens. So I think this is a little bit on the learners. I know, um, you know, there's a lot of smoke around Rizzo and and Twitter right now, but I'm I'm going to blame uh, principal owner Mark Lerner because – I think Rizzo is is stuck in La La Land, which he shouldn't be. You know, he's he's been an amazing GM. Uh, yes, he's missed on trades, and I'm sure you can go dig up some fantasy trade at the winter meetings that people talk about. Uh, but overall, he's been he's been solid. And I know Gene Lita throwing the the no hitter really fired up Twitter. But let's be honest, um, Gene Lita would never have panned out here. We had to wait multiple years. He went to the White Sox and ultimately struggled. And then 2018 had the worst qualifying ERA out of any pitcher. Uh, kind of remade himself as a pitcher last year, became an all-star, and now through the no-hitter. Uh, no but look, that's three, four years uh, that we didn't have. Instead, uh, you know, Soto wasn't even in the bigs. We had, By the time we traded Eaton, or excuse me, G. Lito for Eaton, Soto had just been signed uh, the year before from the Dominican. We at the time, I had a glimpse of Harper coming back. So, you know, I, I get the 
angst around it, but get over yourself. Uh, Rizzo did what's best. He went and got Eaton. Eaton has been awesome, but he was awesome in that playoff run. Uh, I'll always thank him for that. And, you know, he is he as good as Giolito? No, he's not. Would it be awesome to have Giolito? Yes. But at the end of the day, Rizzo made a trade to to win. And, and ultimately, the part that's frustrating me the most with this whole Giolito thing, and just, I guess, with the trade deadline, I'm, I'm fired up about it, is teams build their farm systems for two reasons. One, if you're a team like the Padres, you stack it, build the talent, and then when you get there, you start, you know, you you, you use that farm system to unload, trade, etc. cetera. Uh, they do it like the Nats. The Nats built the farm system. They, they signed some good players, and they had to trade away some players to, to finish it, right? You have to use your assets and use them well, and the Nats have done that. Now, it's hurt them today, right? But we got eight consecutive playoffs, or not eight consecutive playoffs, but eight consecutive winning seasons in a World Series, also three division titles and a wild card. Uh, so, you know, frankly, I don't care what you guys think. Rizzo did it the right way. Uh, we're not the Tampa Bay Rays who just have to sit on these, or the Oakland A's who have to sit on these prospects and hope that they turn out to be great. It's just a reality, but that's how it is. Um, so, again, to recap, no trades done by the Nats today. I really think it has a lot to do with the fact that the learners uh, have not extended Rizzo and have not given Dave an extension. These guys are, you know, limbo. They don't know what to 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 think about the rest of the year. It's a weird year to begin with. They're going to stay path. They're going to let some of these young guys play and go from there. So that's my, those are my thoughts. Uh, you guys who think Rizzo sucks, um, you know, frankly, I think you're dumb. Uh, just to be, you know, very blatant and and uh, uh, to the point. Uh, maybe I'm dumb for, for being so pro Rizzo, but, uh, you know, anyone that is a Redskins fan who is a Wizards fan with Ernie Grunfeld should understand the value of a good general manager, and the Nats have one. Not only that, he's just a good guy. Um, so he's a winner. He just won executive of the year, uh, and I don't understand why so many people are, are so angry with him. I, I understand some people want some fresh blood in there. I get that that angle, but – to go find a trade from like 2013 that we didn't make is ridiculous. Um, I also would love to know the people that don't like Rizzo, are they fans of other teams in the district? Uh, Cause I mentioned the Redskins and I also mentioned the, excuse me, the, the Washington football team and uh, the wizards, like teams that don't have good general managers in DC have generally sucked. Ernie was there for 16 years. The wizards were awful. The Redskins are mismanaged every single year for whole lot of reasons I'm not going to touch. Um, the Caps have had good management, uh, not great coaches outside of trots, but good management, and the team has done well because of it because they've built the team the right way. Nats are the same way. Uh, so that's that's my spiel. Trade deadline, you know, holy hell, I, I said the Padres were a sleeper team at the beginning of the year. Well, they are no longer a sleeper team. They're the team probably with the best odds to win the World Series outside of my guess would be the Dodgers. I'll tell you what. Sign me up for an NLCS of the Padres and Dodgers. That sounds awesome. Uh, I, have a, I am wearing a Nats hoodie right now, but I don't think they're going to be in it. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs because they're just not good. They're borderline terrible. Uh, so that's the uh, that's that's the buzz with the with the trade deadline. Uh, and um, so we'll get up to three up, three down. So I'll start with the up. You know, there isn't a ton going up. I'll start with uh, our our, you know, Amazing shortstop, Trey Turner. Uh, I'm going to steal some stats from Ryan Spader of uh, the Aces Spader. If you guys don't have his book, uh, Baseball Statistics, it's awesome. But he tweeted out a couple stats today that are just mind-boggling. So 
Here's Trey Turner's stats over the last 162 games. So that's a full season. He's hitting 313. Uh, his on base percentage is 372, and his uh, his slugging is 533. So that's over 1,000 OPS. He has 130 runs, 215 hits, 50 doubles, eight triples, 28 home runs, 83 RBIs, and 41 stolen bases. I mean, good lord, the dude's been raking. Um, you know, I think in the last what. Uh, last five games, he's gone three hits, five hits, three hits, three hits, four hits. Um, you know, he's been he's been amazing over his last seventy-two plate appearances, hitting five fifteen. Uh, that is that is next level good. Um, you know, it's kind of sad that he doesn't get talked about as much um, amongst the league as as uh, you know some of the other shortstop. Obviously, Fernando Tatis is getting all the buzz right now. You have Tim Anderson out there. Um, you know, Francisco Lindor. Uh, you know, they're, they're Carlos Correa. Uh, you know, there are a lot of great shortstops. Trey Turner is definitely top five, in my opinion. Um, he is very sound defensively. He's absolutely rakes. Uh, oh, and he has a World Series ring. Um, you know, he's the engine that go. He's going to get paid. I've I said this when we were going through with all this with Rendon last year, but I actually think the learners are going to uh, – to pay Trey Turner. So Tyler, if you're listening to this, uh, you texted me the other day, you know, how much you think Trey Turner's good, or who's going to leave first, Trey Turner or Ron Seto? And I said, who get, Turner just because he reaches free agency first. But I actually think Trey is going to get a deal done with the with the Nets. I don't know why. There's nothing that suggested that's going to happen. But I'm going to hold out hope because, I mean, his stats are unbelievable. He's, he's one of the top five best shortstops in the league. Hell, right now he's the best hitter in the National League. Uh, he leads the league in hitting. Um, he uh, he's currently hitting uh, 377, which is uh, tops in the league, uh, and uh, he's fourth in the league in OPS. So, you know this guy, stud, absolute stud. So he's the first up. Second up is uh, Juan Soto. So you got the leadoff guy. Now you got the number two hole hitter. Uh, Soto over his last 162 games. You guys ready for this? Uh, he's hitting 296. On base percentage about 408, which is really high, and a 591 uh, uh, slugging with 122 runs, 174 hits, 34 doubles, five triples, 43 home runs, and 126 RBIs. Um, look, this dude is just absolutely mind-boggling good. He had two more home runs tonight. It's his third career multi-home uh, run game against the Phillies alone. The guy terrorized the the um, the least he actually is uh, the leader in OPS in the entire uh, MLB right now at 1.252. He's got 11 home runs, 25 ribbies. Um, he's only struck out 13 times. So his walk to strikeout ratio is one to one. It's 13 walks, 13 strikeouts. You know, I think there's two amazing things with this guy, which FP harps on pretty much every single night. But the first one is, just the sheer amount of power this guy has. He has so many oppo home runs. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, his oppo home run tonight, his first one, uh, was just a bomb. It was 109 miles per hour off the bat, uh, and it's just remarkable to watch. And the other thing I think is amazing is so many of these kids today come up swinging, and that's that's how people are generally taught today, just free swingers. But the Nats won the World Series last year, partly because they put the ball in play, and Soto is uh, directly related to that. He spreads out, he gets, he chokes up on the bat, and he frankly knows strike zone so well, he just doesn't strike out a ton. So he's 13 strikeouts and 90 at-bats. 
Um, the dude absolutely is, you know, he's awesome. The third, I'll go with, uh, you know, third up is Max Scherzer. He hasn't been amazing, Max, but I actually think Max has been pretty good this year. He has a 3.86 ERA, 3-1 and one over his seven games. Uh, you know, his, his whip's up 1.34 over 1.1 uh, career average. But against Boston, who frankly is just not good, he, he was good. He had 11 strikeouts, no walks, um, you know, only gave up that one run. So I'm going to tip my cap to Max. He brings it every night. I don't care. That Miami game was standing. He's been solid. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be the first national in the Hall of Fame wearing a curly W. So uh, that's that. So three down. So this was kind of hard because I wanted to pick basically the entire team. Uh, but three down, I'm going to start with Azdrubal Cabrera, which uh, probably not what you guys were expecting, but, um, you know, Azdrubal's last few games have been really bad. Uh, he has really struggled. He came out, came out of the gate strong, uh, but he has been not very good. Over the last seven days, um, you know, he only has three hits and 21 at-bats. Uh, you know, he's just... He's really struggling, um, you know, on the season, his, his batting average has dropped. I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head right now, but his batting average has dropped big time. I believe it's down to 232. Uh, his OPS has dropped to 741. This is a guy who, you know, look, I love Cabrera. We call him Ascab for fun, but he's been hitting fourth. He's been hitting fifth, uh, and he's just not getting the job done. Um, hopefully he gets out of it because, you know, it, it's awesome when he rakes. I think he should hit from the left. Uh, no, excuse me, the right-hand side, just every single at-bat. Um, uh, but, you know, he's he has been really struggling. It's a little sad to see, um, and hopefully he gets better. In fact, in his last four games, he is 1-4-14 uh, uh, with three strikeouts and four walks. So that kind of gives you a sense of where he is. Um, number two, Eric Thames. Um, let's just be, like, blatantly honest about Eric Thames. Eric Thames has been really shitty. Uh, he came in with a career OPS over 800 versus righties. Uh, his OPS this year right now is 653. He's supposed to be, he's brought in to be a compliment to Zim. Obviously Zim's not playing this year, but uh, Thames was brought in to be that compliment and he just hasn't been very good. Uh, only two home runs over about 80 at bats. Uh, only six extra base hits over those 80 at bats. Uh, it's not going to get the job done. He was brought in to add some pop. Uh, he's a massive human being, but like the Thames experiment, he's only on a year contract. Uh, he's not going to be back next year because, frankly, he's just not very good. Uh, and the third one is uh, is Voth. So way out on Austin Voth, which sucks because if we're, if we're being honest, I was the guy that was pushing Voth uh, at the beginning of the year. I was excited for him. I thought he was going to take this fifth starter role and run with it. Um, and it just hasn't been the case. You know, when – when Ross elected to to sit out for the year, you know it was a huge opportunity for Fetty and and Voth. And Fetty's been okay, hasn't been great, hasn't been bad. I think he's earned his right to be on the team. Uh, you know, kind of a long man out of the bullpen. But Voth has been really bad. Um, you know, he on the regular season now he started six games. He's only lasted twenty three innings in those six games. Um, He's taken uh, a ton of a ton of losses. I'm not sure he has an actual win yet on his um, 
on his resume, but over the last uh, seven games, uh, or for him, the last two two starts, he's 0-2 with a 17.47 ERA, uh, which, you know, if you're keeping track at home, it's not very good. So in the year, he's now 0-4 for 4 with a 7.99 ERA at a 1.7 weight. Uh, not going to get it done. Uh, <laughs> uh, big chance for him. He squandered it. I know Davey came out this week and said he's going to keep him in the rotation, but um, if he's being run out there every fifth day, yikes, uh, not great. So we'll see what happens there, but but he's been, you know, borderline terrible. Um, and I'll get to some other names here in a second. But those are my three downs. Now for the middle of the middle of the podcast, getting towards the end here, um, looking ahead, what what you know, what should we expect? What do we have to play for, um, et cetera? And frankly, I don't think there is much to play for. Uh, other than just getting these kids innings, uh, the, the Nats, as I mentioned, are two games above the Pittsburgh Pirates, the worst record in the National League. Um, I actually don't really know what the uh, standings are anymore. I think that puts us uh, three or four games out of the playoffs. And granted, you know, you could run off all of a sudden four straight wins, find yourself a game back, and and that's that. But uh, if the Nats sneak into the playoffs, I'll be shocked. Um, so really want to. Moving forward, I, I really want to see what we can get out of, um, you know, Garcia. Uh, he's struggled a little bit uh, since his hot start, but, um, you know, he looks like he's going to be pretty solid. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He's the youngest player in, in the league. I want to continue to see Fetty. I know he took the loss tonight uh, from a bad third inning. But, you know, I think he I think he's earned his right to be on this team, which is kind of weird to think about. Um, and then, I you know, I want Keyboom to come up. Um, talk about being bad. His OPS was on his first career now is 535. Still has still hasn't hit double or triple. Only two uh, extra base hits, both home runs over. I think we're getting close to 100 at bats in his career. That is remarkable. Um, yeah. So the Nats are the Nats are three and a half games out of the playoffs. So and they still have a 16% chance uh, of making the playoffs according to ESPN, which is wild. I just don't see it happening. Um, so, yeah, so Garcia, Fetty, Keevan, Voth, we just talked about. I would love to call up one of these young pitchers. Um, you know, I know some of you were, were bickering with me on Twitter about service time. Look, these guys can come up and make a start or two uh, without sacrificing any sort of service time. I'd love to see Rutledge come up and make a start. Um, Dunberg, I'd love to see him come up and make a start. Uh, Will Crow has come up now and made uh, his – first start and you know he's not going to be great I don't think anyone that throws 90-92 without great location is going to get beat up that's just the reality of it Um, but you know we do have some some young pitchers out there looking to to make a kind of a name for themselves and uh, uh, hopefully we'll see hopefully we'll see them soon Um, and that's all that's all I got for you guys it's about 1035 my time uh, here uh, out west, I've watched every game. It's sad, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I am glad, though, we're, we're starting to see these young guys play. Backus has been good. Finnegan has been great. Uh, you know, Ben Bramer made his first uh, appearance, giving up a run. Um, or, excuse me, a hit. I don't think he actually gave up a run. Um, oh, yeah, he did. He gave up one run. Uh, so he, you know, excited to see, excited to see him. James Borksman called up Crow. 
Uh, Seth Romero, before he broke his hand, wanted to really see what he was made of. So things are excited. Um, you just have to look at it for what it is. And it all starts from going back to my original rant of getting Rizzo locked up. Um, because honestly, I, he's the right man for the job. You know, I, I understand people's frustration uh, with, the, with the deadline and, and all this jazz, but good management is hard to find. And um, with COVID this year and, and Rizzo not being able to rely on the scouts, that's that. So looking forward, you know, a couple more with the Phillies. We, um, we are three and a half games out of the uh, playoffs. Um, you know, we wrap up with uh, Philly this week. It's actually a four games uh, gig with them, I believe. We have, then we have four games with Atlanta, um, then Tampa and Atlanta, Tampa, and then five games with Miami. So if they want to make a move, it's time, but I don't, I'm not going to sit here and hold my, hold my breath. Uh, but get Rizzo done, keep hitting Turner and Soto, uh, Max, keep doing you, and, and hopefully things will turn around, but don't hold your breath. So uh, that's all I got for you guys tonight, and uh, hope, hope you guys made it all the way through this. 20, 20 minutes is a long time, and I look forward to uh, doing this again, hopefully next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.